Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Hello, hello. My name is Vina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. Tonight, I am joined by a fellow history buff, John. Now, you may remember John from our perfect paranormal date night in Old Hollywood. Well, tonight, he joins me as we discuss the ghosts of Gettysburg on what would be the anniversary of the first day of the Battle of Gettysburg. Hello, John. Hello, Vina. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I am quite well. So Gettysburg, you've been there? I've been there several times. When we go, we usually stay for three or four days, and I like to tour the battlefield. But let me tell you what is the background of that area and that, that battle. Battle of Gettysburg started on July 1st, 1863, went for three days in and around the town of Gettysburg. Now, the town of Gettysburg is only 2,400 people, and it's a crossroads. There's nine major roads that come into Gettysburg from basically all directions. What was happening at that point was Robert E. Lee took his army north into Pennsylvania uh, with the hopes of winning a decisive battle and either forcing the north to surrender or at least get recognition from France and England for the Confederacy. Before the battle began, neither army knew where the other one was. So this was kind of a case of them stumbling into each other. And the first day, the, the, the Southerners were marching into Gettysburg to requisition supplies, and they ran into a Union cavalry brigade of about 2,400 men. And the, those 24 decided that uh, the rest of the army was close enough, and they made a stand for several hours and slowed the Confederates down until the first Union Corps could get there. But all in all, there, a lot of troops got there that day, but the Confederates ended up with the majority of men and drove the uh, Union troops into the hills behind it. So the first day went to the south. They pretty much routed the Union troops. The, the Federal Army was up on the hills south of Gettysburg and in a very, very strong defensive position. The South attacked throughout the day, the last day of the battle. The, the South again attacked, and many different places were focal points, but they were pushed back or badly defeated in all three, most famous of which was Pickett's Charge which was a major defeat for the South. In fact, that was the culmination of uh, the battle. Or two days later, the uh, Confederates hightailed it South. So with that said, there were 170,000 men in, in combat. There were 7,000 killed. So a lot, of, a lot of quick deaths and surprise and uh, 
which uh, tends to leave uh, the soul without a knowledge that, that it even died. And apparitions tend to stick around, although there's probably more haunted places in Gettysburg than anywhere else. I actually prefer to walk the battlefield and see what I can see. I have walked almost all of the Confederate line and the Union line and the areas in between and have experienced some pretty spooky items that, that I can't explain. The first one is, is, is one that I would actually recommend to anybody who goes to Gettysburg. Uh, it's, it's a lot cheaper than paying big bucks for the ghost tours, which you should go on anyway. But if you wait till dusk and walk the East Confederate Avenue, which runs out of town to the east and around the hills, it's heavily wooded, there's fences there, and it's where the Confederates basic line on that part of the battlefield. You feel like there's, there's people all around you. Now, I've done it twice, and I've never walked, I've never gone with anybody. I've never seen a lot of other people when I'm doing it. But I feel like I'm, I'm crowded with men. I can, I can just feel these, these souls that are still defending this line. And it's a very, it, it makes the hair on, on your, on your neck stand up and you get a little tingle down your spine. So the feeling of so, not, of, of not being alone is definitely present in Gettysburg. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and in fact, uh, every time I've done this, it's been in uh, September, and we've had very warm weather, yet that walk is not a warm walk. That, that is, it feels like you're in a, a little tunnel of air conditioning coming up from the trees and rocks around you. So it's my understanding you've had a couple of experiences? Yes. Yeah, well, that was, that was just that particular walk is, is a, a very eerie one. But another one is out in the middle of the battlefield. And again, I walked this one at dusk and I did it because the events of July 2nd in that area occurred about seven o'clock at night. And that was the charge of the 1st Minnesota Regiment. In that, they were in a semi-isolated location and they looked out and they could see two regiments, you know, marching across the battlefield in battle formation, ready to come in and, and take their position. With that, General Hancock rode up and said, is this all the men we have? And the colonel said, yes. Hancock pointed at the Confederates and said, go take those flags. No, the 262 men of the 1st Minnesota immediately stepped off towards the uh, enemy, even though they're outnumbered about five to one. And with bayonets set, they charged into the Confederate line over about 300 yards. By the time they, they got there, they had lost at least 100 men who were shot down before they could get there. And they held. They, not, they punched back the Confederates and put them in at least temporary confusion where they held their position. So anyway, I've walked that stretch. I did it because it's a very famous unit, the 1st Minnesota. And I did it at, at dusk. And nothing much happened on the way out. It, it's kind of interesting. It's a little bit of rolling hills. And you get the, the point of contact of the two armies, which is a place called Plum Run. Plum Run is a 
place where a small creek flows through the valley at Gettysburg and it meanders and there's trees and rocks and so on. So anyway, I walk across from their starting point to where I reach the run and I get there and there's this big red-tailed hawk in a tree about 30 feet above the ground and she is squawking and yelling at me and she won't stop. And this is really unusual. Females, this had to be a female, it was so big. Big big hawks are females, small hawks are males. And they're not particularly territorial. The males are territorial. There's no nest there to, to guard because it's September. The nests there are all vacant by then. So, and, and lastly, hawks are, uh, red-tailed hawks in particular, are rather skittish. So this bird is squawking and just thinking, what the heck is going on? I've never seen one of these hawks do this. Usually they have a, what I refer to as a two telephone pole rule. If you get within two telephone poles of them, like 150 yards, they take off. So anyway, I just kind of scratched my head and wondered what was going on. But as soon as I started walking away, she shut up and didn't hear another thing. So she didn't want me there that, and, and I can't tell you why, but that is a very unusual occurrence. And I'm thinking that maybe that hawk was, was the reincarnation of some of the, some of those that had fought there that day. And just all I can say is that is not a normal occurrence. Now you've had another experience, something a little bit more. Well, I, I know of, of some other events at Gettysburg. Gettysburg College was established in the 1830s and was still there when the battle was fought. If you've seen the movie Gettysburg, there's a Coppola where um, Sam Elliott is looking for his a fellow federal troops is, is standing. And that's that's in one of the main buildings there. That building was, existed at the time of the battle. Well, there are more ghost stories out of that school than just about any place in the country. And one of the most haunted buildings there is called uh, Penn Hall. And, and the events of it repeated a couple of times was in the 80s. Two administrators had been working late and they decided it was time to go home. And they went from the fourth floor on the elevator and pressed the first floor button, but it didn't the elevator didn't open on the first floor. It continued down to the basement. And when the basement door opened, they saw a scene of a Civil War emergency hospital with bodies all over the place and men crying and uh, doctors and orderlies running around all bloody. And they're frantically pushing the button trying to get it to open. It eventually does. And they go up to the first floor and get off, and go find security and report what they saw. And they're thinking that it was a, an elaborate prank by college students. But when they got back, all they found was a, a deserted, dusty storage area in the basement, which is what they had expected. That whole event repeated itself in uh, 2002 with a student who was working as a secretary in that office, except this time when the doors open, one of the orderlies 
look at him and and beckoned him to come in and help, which he did not. And he skedaddled out of there. And a few years later, that same uh, event happened again to a third party. So there is definitely a lot of paranormal activity going on in the basement. But students all over the place have stories about people in their room. I don't remember what room it is, but one has repeatedly had windows that open in the middle of the night by themselves and lights that won't work when everybody else's work, and then 15 minutes later they do. Another one of the stories that comes out of that university is about a, uh, a senior and his four buddies decide to go to an area called Devil's Den. Now, Devil's Den was a very significant area of fighting on the second day. It's about an acre of giant boulders that are kind of stacked haphazardly. and uh, they decided to walk out there at two o'clock in the morning uh, because they don't believe there's anything going on with ghosts. And they get out there and all of a sudden their cameras stop working, their cell phone cameras, and they're seeing flashes. And one of the guys does get a photograph and it looks like a man on a horse. And the area has been reported to have what is referred to as the pale rider who legend has it led federal troops against the confederates there but it was a it was a, a, a very traumatic area a lot of very violent death well it's my understanding that the area known as devil's den has actually kind of been questionable area in fact the area itself used to be Native American hunting ground for centuries. And even they themselves, um, the Native Americans, had a huge battle once there. They called it the Battle of the Crows. And apparently a lot of the Native Americans that participated, obviously separated and prior to the Civil War, uh, had perished during this battle, Battle of Crows, in this same area. And part of my understanding in my research, this area is what's also called the Indian fields and as in mixture with the ghosts that are seen from the Civil War, people, even the early settlers of Gettysburg, have heard and shared ghost stories. They've heard Indian war hoops and they've seen strange sightings there. And the name Devil's Den, even though it sounds ominous, <laughs> almost foretelling, but believe it or not, it's actually because the area was riddled with snakes. And there was one particular elusive snake that was a real uh, scary son of a bitch, if you will. Uh, they used to call him the devil. And because the snake was always in this particular area, they, you know, it was the snake's den. And because they called the snake the devil... They called it the Devil's Den. So, but I mean, that's really kind of foreshadowing kind of the brutality that's happened there between the Native American Battle of Crows and the Civil War. So it's kind of almost like a trifecta of paranormal and folklore and tons of history, obviously. Well, and I've explored that area and it, it is just 
eerie on its own. I, I mean, it, it, it's a very unreal location. Uh, it's very easy to get online and see photographs of it. Uh, in fact, some of the most famous Civil War photographs were uh, were done there. So anyway, I, I have a theory about why there are so many ghosts on battlefields, other than the fact that people died there. A lot of people died. And obviously, I, I think that you'll find that where sudden death occurs, which is very common in the Civil War, you'll find a lot of people. But I think the other thing that happens is these these individuals don't want to leave their comrades. They're, they're, they came to fight and they knew that they might die and maybe they didn't know they were dead or they maybe they just didn't want to leave location. And uh, so they stayed. And I think that's part of the reason why when you walk some of these areas, you feel like there's so many other people around because they stayed. Right, that you're not alone. Well, with regards to Devil's Den, there is actually a, a repeated sighting of what they believe is a Texas soldier who has been seen and has tried to tell people what you're looking for is over there and pointing in, in a certain direction for people who are just wandering through that area and taking pictures like the gentleman during their night escapade, if you will. So, I mean, they're, they're obviously lingering. They're still, and they're engaging, which is interesting. You know, they're, they're engaging with the humans that are still alive. Uh, but for Devil's Den, he is what is considered to be the most prevalent ghost uh, going there. In fact, there's even been pictures of him taken when he wasn't in the shot initially when the picture was taken. He'll show up on pictures later. Um, and he, you know, he looks, you know, disheveled as many of the soldiers, especially those who weren't prepared. In the Civil War in 1863, I believe that's the year Gettysburg occurred, we're talking two years into the war. You know, everyone thought it'd be over before Christmas in 61. So, you know, there's a reason why Lee is going into Pennsylvania to, as you said earlier, acquisition more supplies. And it's my understanding that a lot of fighting happened in the town of Gettysburg, but only one person, one civilian, supposedly died. Yes, there was a lot. In, in fact, it kind of astounds me that records show only one fatality. A young woman named Jenny Wade, who was shot while she was making bread for federal troops, and she was shot actually through a door, so whoever shot her didn't know that they were going to shoot somebody. Probably just straight boy. But that house is supposed to be haunted. By Miss Wade uh, herself. By Miss Wade. And and actually, there was a, I, I don't remember all of the story, but her fiance died two days later, uh, not at the battle. He had been captured and he was wounded and elsewhere in the, somewhere in the country. And he had died just about the same time she did. Aww. So distant. Right. A distant uh, <laughs> love affair that ended tragically on both ends. It sounds like. Yep. So, and um, one of the things I did want to add is, is that when you go through Gettysburg, you can, because they fought in the town of Gettysburg, you can still see the bullet holes. Some buildings still have the bullets in them. And in one instance that I very clearly remember myself, because I'd been to Gettysburg, you can still see a cannonball in the side of someone's home. And I mean, it's 
right there. You could see it in plain day. So, I mean, this was this had to been a very traumatic situation, not only for the soldiers, but for the citizens who not only stayed, but, you know, basically had to duck a lot. <laughs> I can't imagine a war zone. They, they, they hung out. They hung out in the basement. Right. Uh, a lot of them left. A lot of them just went into the cellar and stayed there. The Confederates basically controlled the town during the battle, and they have a the the Southerners had a reputation, a well earned reputation of not violating uh, individuals either personally or their property. So uh, the town didn't get burned to the ground, and a lot of a lot of towns that got battle fought in did. And so it was a it was a pretty rough experience. And afterwards, now you've got this this town with thousands of dead scattered around all around. The Confederates left their dead. They couldn't couldn't collect them and go. And they they lost almost four thousand men. And if you can imagine trying to deal with this horrific situation. You, you can understand where other ghosts came from where people were just flat out traumatized. Right. It um, sounds like the whole area was literally saturated with blood, either from the Union, the Federal Army, or the Confederates, which, again, would explain why it's, you know, haunted. It's legitimately haunted. One, one of the things that I've read on more than one occasion and, and heard while I was there is that if you go to Gettysburg College in the evening, take a lot of photographs, and really common for images to appear in those photographs that weren't there, or bright lights, or where there aren't any lights. So if, if you're going to do some ghost hunting, that's probably the best town in possibly the country doing it. Right. And, and the college But then again, you'd know better. You'd know better than me on that. Yeah, the college is uh, kind of on the, what's the direction of that, the northwesterly part of town. It's not a big town. It's still not, not a very big town. Well, it was but, uh, mostly farmland during the battle. All before, around. Yes, exactly. Gettysburg is really a collection of thousand stories. When, with that many, many men and going on for so long, all sorts of, you know, we hear, we hear the, the basic pieces of, the major pieces of it, which I, just kind of hit this, this, but all all sorts of individuals have these experiences. Or I mean, there's 170,000 men there. There's got to be at least 170,000 stories. Then that doesn't even count the people in town trying to survive this horrific event. Right. In fact, you know, there's been movies made. There's been timeless articles written on the Battle of Gettysburg and the fallout of Gettysburg. In fact, there was a movie called Gettysburg, a very well, well done movie in 1993. And believe it or not, they actually used the locations of the actual battlefields for the course of the movie. And because they needed so many extras to serve as soldiers, they actually opted to use actual reenactors to portray both Union and Confederate armies. And during a break of filming one day, several of the reenactors were actually taking a break on an area called Little Round Top. And they, they were just admiring the sun setting, and they were just relaxing. 
And they actually get approached by um, what they described as a grisly old man who's basically wearing a ragged and scorched Union uniform and smelling, actually smelling a sulfur gunpowder. And the the reenactors all said that this man, this grisly old man, stayed, talked to them, talked to them about how furious the battle was going. And before he departs from them, he actually passes them a round of ammunition, like spare ammunition. And, and then he leaves. And the extras are like, oh, okay, well, that was unusual. And then they actually took a look at the ammunition that the, the soldier gave them. And it didn't look like the prop type of ammunition that they had been provided previously. So they took the ammunition to the prop man and the prop man was like, this isn't, I didn't, where did you get this? This is not what I gave you. And they looked into the matter further and believe it or not, the ammunition that the man the, had given them was actually genuine musket rounds from that period. So here again, we have this unusual paranormal moment where they're engaging with live people and providing actual uh, i don't i don't know if evidence is the correct word but because prop isn't prop is definitely not the right word but definitely just i mean they couldn't believe the experience and that tends to be something i think that tends to happen a lot with people who have a paranormal experience they don't realize at the moment that it's occurring that it is a legitimate experience and to have actual ammunition of that time period to be handed to you i mean is absolutely amazing because it's validating in, in several ways your experience so we've talked about devil's den being an unusual place we've talked about the college having a multitude of very similar but different experiences it sounds like residual types of experience are happening at the college with the repeated incidences of the hospital now You've been there. I've been there. Did you ever get to check out Satch's Bridge? Uh, no, I haven't. I, I like I said, there's there's thousands of stories that, and frankly, locations that relate to that battle. Tell me about it. So, I actually did get an opportunity to go there, and of course, when I was there, I was there with my young teenage son, and or actually, I was with the panda. Actually, he was a teenager, and. You know, everybody was there that was familiar with Satch's Bridge. But, Sue, here, here's the story behind that and the, the reason why. As you had mentioned before, the, the, the South was winning until they weren't. And when it looked as if the South, the Southerners, were not going to win this battle, three of the uh, Confederates decided to to leave, decided to desert, uh, along with others. But these particular three left their post, went into hiding, and they actually opted to use Union soldiers' uniforms to desert. And as they were marching with the, the Union soldiers, they get discovered that they aren't actually Union soldiers as they're marching near Satch's covered bridge. It's a, it's a beautiful covered bridge. And their identities get revealed. It's learned that they're actually Confederates, and they're accused of being spies. They're accused of being deserters and basically outright traitors. And as you and I both know, there's only one type of punishment 
for all of these things, and that's death. So they get hung on the bridge in a very strong (laughs) support beam, and they actually leave the three soldiers that they hang there there for any other Confederate passing through as a message, basically. We'll hang you. We're not playing around. And, I mean, both sides' desertion is not okay. But, you know, the Union, of course, had other concerns, again, being traitors and or spies. So since then, there have been reports people seeing three disembodied heads floating on the bridge. It is said that people have even captured pictures of them. And not only the heads, but as well as the actual full-body apparitions of the three Confederate soldiers. In addition to the apparitions and pictures, people have smelled a strong scent of cigar smoke, and people have also been touched. People, I mean, actual... Uh, been tapped on their shoulders by unseen hands. And again, I think because of the residual effect, the paranormal activity that's going on, while there and while, you know, looking to see if there's any paranormal activity here, people still report hearing the sounds of a war going on. We're talking distant gunfire. We're talking cannon fire. And, I mean, this is not just on the bridge, but it's, you know, in different areas of Gettysburg. Like I said, me and the panda had been there and, you know, we took a lot of pictures. There were a lot of orbs, but I, I personally can't say that I caught anything, but there was an overall sense of creepiness to the place. Just like, like almost like you said, you're like, you're not alone, but you can't see who's there scenario. Yeah. You know where, where that's really been the strongest for me is at Antietam. Okay. Um, which is, which is in Maryland, and there's a place called the Bloody Lane, and basically the Confederates had used it as a defensive position, but then they got flanked, and 1,400 were killed there in this, in this very short little area. Uh, I've walked that, and there's, yeah, the battlefield, you can, it's so loud, you can't hear anything else. It's the, the eeriest feeling I've ever had. It's much stronger than I encountered at uh, Gettysburg anywhere. But if you walk the bloody lane at Antietam, I will be really surprised if, if you're not moved and feel the very oppressive feeling. My wife had a similar feeling. My daughter was completely freaked out. And... Um, I I have never experienced that sort of, uh, yeah, I, you, you feel like there's people not only touching you on the shoulder, they're pushing you, and, and it, it was a place to get away from. Now, just so we're clear for the listeners, um, Gettysburg was the span of three days, as John had previously mentioned, but Antietam, which is considered the bloodiest battle in the Civil War, Antietam was September 16th, 1862. So it's a year earlier. But it was considered the most bloodiest and the shortest At amount of time. At that point in time, that was, that, was, that was the bloodiest day in U.S. history. I, actually, for a single day, it still is. Well, on this continent, you, you, you can't. If, if you're going to count World War I, then things get worse really fast. Right, right. Now, I haven't touched down on any of the haunted hotels 
haunted uh, restaurants in the area, but there are definitely, definitely several haunted hotels and I want to say a few haunted restaurants in the area. But as John has noted earlier, and I can verify, there are several ghost tours that are available in Gettysburg. But it had been at least 10 years minimum that I've personally been there. So I can't recommend any because I don't even know if the one I was on was in existence. Yeah, well, I it's been... Uh... It's been seven or eight years since I've been there. Uh, I I go about every I try to go about every five years. I was due last year, but there's this little thing called the pandemic, right? Uh, kind of nicked all my travel. I it, it's it's still on the uh, the bucket list to to go back again, and I I need to go to Devil's Den at, at dusk this time and uh, see if I can see the the rugged well, Texan. Yeah, I'll look, I'll look for the Texan, yes. And, you know, I think, well, I don't know. I was going to say, I think you're, you're more likely to encounter somebody if you're alone or with just one other person. But I, I can't I can't say for sure. I, I don't know. I think paranormal activity occurs because there's something that isn't, isn't done, hadn't figured out that it's time to leave. Or perhaps unresolved issues. They don't know. Either they, they don't know they're dead or they're lingering for unresolved issues. But... I don't know if that would be right. the case for Gettysburg. At, at, the, at the college, there is a, a ghost that is referred to as the Lady in White. And her story was that her fiancé was killed and she jumped off the tallest uh, building at the university. And she still walks the hall. So she's look, probably looking for, or her sadness is still there. I can see both. Her yeah, sadness that's, that's, is still there, or she's looking for him in the afterlife. Yeah, that's sad. Well, as opposed to as a, my my theory that the soldiers don't want to leave their comrades, so they say. Right, and that's entirely possible. I mean, they saw things together. They trained together. You know, who knows what their home life was prior to enlisting, and the kind of relationships that they had prior to having these new comrades in arms in battle. And sharing food, sharing their lives, sharing their stories, and now sharing the death. I mean, that's a real thing. Well, and, and you and I have talked about the one uh, one event that occurred in November that year, Haysburg Address. And uh, that is probably the most significant two-and-a-half-minute speech ever given in this country. It, they were there to consecrate the cemetery on Cemetery Hill. and. Uh, they were burying Union dead up there. Uh, the cemetery is known to have a few um, unusual events occur up there on a regular basis. You know, that doesn't surprise me. But getting back to the Gettysburg Address, I mean, that is a very, very uh, powerful speech. And I think it was one of Lincoln's most captivating. In fact, I think they said that they had to scramble to get a copy of the speech because they were the audience was so involved in his speaking that you know so engaged by the words that he was saying that people were just in awe of it and nobody bothered to write it down and so they had to you know scramble to get a copy right. of it and to this day his words still resonate 
when we think of, you know, World War II and having to fight off the Nazis and, you know, the idea of a free America and a democracy and, you know, standing for that so it would not, you know, perish from the earth. So definitely one well, of the most moving speeches. If, if you want to know why the North fought the war and didn't just let the, the South leave, read the Gettysburg Address because it's all right there. Right. And it, and it only took me, you know, I, I've been a history buff. Uh, I'm a civil engineer by profession. But when I was going through school, I was enjoying my history classes a lot more. And if, if I could have figured out a way to make a living in history other than being a professor, uh, I would have done it. Because I, I, although today, being, the, the thought of being a professor wasn't, wasn't all that bad. When I was a student, it wasn't very attractive. But it was actually the Battle of Gettysburg that got me interested in the Civil War. And history, history is one of those things that it's four-dimensional. It's here and there and now, and time comes into play. And that's what makes it so interesting is you, you can tie stuff together in every direction, before, current, after, and other places and other times. So... This Those is... who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So, obviously, Gettysburg is just saturated. That's the right word. Saturated with history, saturated with blood, saturated with ghosts. And like I had said earlier, there are ample haunted places for people to stay ample haunted places for people to enjoy a nice meal and ample ghost tours. Uh, and so chances are I will probably be doing another episode down the line. Okay, on to some business. Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. I am on Facebook. If you are interested, just poke around for where the dark corners are. If you'd like to join, just send me a request. However, if you have a place that you would someday like to see where their dark corners are or have a specific tourist attraction in mind, send me an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. Final thoughts, John? Definitely Gettysburg is a great place to go visit. Whether you're a Civil War buff or just want to see a, a very active, friendly town or maybe seek out a few uh, ghosts. Uh, <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't afraid honey. of no ghosts. <laughs> yep. One of my favorite places. Well, it, it is definitely a place I would love to someday go back. Obviously, last year was not going to work for anybody. All right. So until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why I hope to meet you where the dark corners are. <laughs> <laughs>